Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the J. Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 265, dedicated to a man who, on December 2nd, 1944, won the 10th Heisman Trophy Award. Former Ohio State quarterback, Mr. Les Horvath. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we have something special for you to enjoy. Earlier this week, I was on Talking SEC with my guy, Philip Jordan. I asked Philip after that episode was recorded if I could take that portion when I was on his show and air it right here on the Jay Stevens podcast. He said, Sure. It's not every day that I air a guest spot here on this show that I w- that I did on another podcast, but today is your lucky day, so you'll get my thoughts coming in a different way when I was on Talking SEC with Philip Jordan. But before we get to any of that, as many of you realize, Jay took some time off. I think everybody out there in their profession or maybe their hobby deserves some time off. And I am back now. I'm excited. This podcast is coming out a little bit later in the week than normal. But I'm happy to be back. I love podcasting. This podcast has been going for three plus years strong. And it has no plans to stop any time soon. I am glad that I am back. But do you know who else is glad they are back? Deshaun Watson. Think about the last time you heard that name in regards to a football game that he was going to play. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Deshaun Watson is is now done serving his suspension for the sexual accusations that came his way via some things that he was doing in massages. 26 women came forward and accused him of doing sexual things, inappropriate things, disgusting, sick things while getting massages. First off, before I go any further, 26 women accused you of doing things during a massage. Let's just stop there. I'm a person that tries to get massages regularly. Now, sometimes they're not regularly every month, but I I get them every now and then. I am not a person, and I don't think most people listening to me right now are people that would go over and say, oh, I'm going to try 20 different massage therapists over a year's time. Your average person didn't do it in that. So when this story first came out a long time ago, I'm sitting here thinking, buddy, why are you going to all these people to get these massages? This don't make no sense. Find somebody. Make sure they do a good job. And stick with that person. What you doing don't make no sense. But that's Deshaun Watson. That's how that cookie crumbled. And it did not crumble very well. But Deshaun Watson was accused of sexual misconduct and massages, served a suspension. It was first handed down for a certain length of time. It got extended when Roger Goodell, I think he realized the backlash and the pushback that he got when the suspension was handed down from an outside arbitrator, came out saying, oh, here's a suspension. Rod said, no, that ain't going to fly. Let's extend that thing. Deshaun Watson is going to play football this weekend for the Cleveland Browns, his new football team. He's going to be playing football against his old team, the Houston Texans, in Houston, in the place, in the field, in the stadium, and the team that he's played his entire career. He's going to be down there playing with his new team. The 4-7 and seven Cleveland Browns <laughs> aren't playing for much, if anything at all. The 1-9 and nine Houston Texans, oh my goodness, they are bad. Think about how 
bad this football game is going to be. Normally, we don't talk about bad football games or things that are going to happen on the football field or things like that. Normally, we don't do that. A 4-7 and team versus a 1-9 and team, normally those things don't get our attention. However, this is different. Because Deshaun Watson, when he plays football, he's different. He is one of the best talents in the league when he's healthy, when he's got suspended. He is that good. He is a phenomenal quarterback. Now, since he's been gone, well, even before then, Josh Allen has rose. Patrick Mahomes has already been that dude. There are some really good – Lamar Jackson's been doing his thing. There are some good quarterbacks. Now, Deshaun Watson, if he wants to be in the conversation of a top tier, if you're trying to rank them tier uh, one, two, three, and four, if he's currently coming back in at tier three or tier two and he wants to be a tier one, but he better first – not, first, not get, don't, don't get suspended again. Don't do that. But number two – he got to come in and be, be consistent easily. It needs to happen easily, like swiftly, quickly. Or people are going to realize, buddy, you might have been a tier one quarterback previously, but I mentioned tier three because it's been a long time since Buddy has played the football. A very long time. And when you take time off from anything that you do, it's going to take you a while to get your feet back under you, get your feet wet, if you want to use that that phrase, to get hit for the first time. And, buddy, let me tell you, let me tell y'all, man, if you've played football before, you know what it's like to go from summer conditioning to the first few days of tour days. You might be a little sore. You might be somebody that is, uh, well, mm Dealing with the injuries in a very interesting way. Why? Because you're not used to getting hit. And so when it comes to Deshaun Watson, it's not just the football and throwing the football, staying in physical shape, football shape, all of those things. It's the physical aspect and the mind games that are played on the field that he's going to have to work to get back into. Because might I remind you, Deshaun Watson has been a long time since he's played football because last year uh, he just told the Texans, I am playing for y'all, and he did not play. Normally, my eyeballs when I'm busy on a Sunday, a football Sunday, or I'm watching football, I don't care about teams that have uh, that have played 10 games for the Texans, 11, 21 games, and they only have five wins combined by both of them. I, I don't, I'm just being honest with you. I don't care, and I bet you, you don't care either. Why do I say that? Because y'all want to watch good games. Y'all want to watch good teams. Why in the world would you watch a game with teams that have five combined wins when they played a total of 21 games? Deshaun Watson's back. That's exactly why. And you know what? I'm probably going to be busy on Sunday. I have some stuff to do for Locked On with the live uh uh, with the college football playoff rankings coming out for the last time, I cover Ohio State for the network. We'll talk more about that. You'll hear more about that when uh, we air the show with Philip Jordan. But I have stuff to do on Sunday, work-related. You, know you know what I'll also be doing? Checking that score. I might have that game on a CBS on my, on my TV if I could find a way to stream it. Why? Because I want to see how Deshaun Watson plays. Yeah, maybe I am a little crazy or a little weird. I, I doubt it because you know what? Those of you that are NFL football fans, you guys will be watching and doing the same thing. Hey, I heard some of the women that accused him of stuff are going to be in the stadium in a suite. Is this for publicity? 
Is it just because they want to see how he does or mess him up? I don't know. But all I know is this could be a popcorn-worthy affair or it could be something that the CBS quickly moves away from because the game is just that bad to watch. Deshaun Watson's back. Jay is back. This was not a planned reunion or to, uh, a planned time for both of us to return to the things we love. But that's the way the cookie crumbled. I am looking forward to Deshaun Watson playing football again. I'm also looking forward to seeing or hearing what people have to say about his play on the football field. I will not be diving into the extracurriculars and things like that next week unless those things come back and they are put on front street once again. I am happy to be back. I'm sure Deshaun Watson is too. Let's go ahead and take a trip to my home, the state of Indiana, to enjoy my fun conversation, my guest spot on Talking SEC with my guy, Philip Jordan. Everybody joining me next, and welcome back into Talking SEC. Joining me next is Jay Stevens. You can check him out over on Locked On Buckeyes and the Jay Stevens podcast, which I have uh, been on a couple of times. I know some of you are probably wondering, Philip, this is a predominantly SEC show. You talk about football in the South. Why in the world? Would you have the host of Lockdown Buckeyes? Number one, Jay is awesome. He knows all things college football. That's number one. Number two, let's come on. They just played Michigan. There's a chance Ohio State gets back into the playoff picture. They are ranked uh, fifth right now in the new rankings. We'll get into that in a little bit. So an SEC team is probably going to could be playing uh, Ohio State, and we could have a discussion on an SEC team versus Ohio State. That's why Jay Stevens is on. Jay, I uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, talking a little ball today. Philip, your listeners will be wondering exactly what you just stated. A guy who covers a team in the Midwest, why are you having him talk about a Midwestern football team when this is a foot, a podcast about predominantly stuff in the South? There's one school in the Midwest that's deserving to be in this conversation and that can consistently compete and beat teams in the Southeastern Conference. It is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Some of you might say, Jay, why are you coming in hot with that take? I only speak the truth, which is why those words came out of my mouth. I thought you were going to say Michigan was the team that could compete with the <laughs> SEC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do that it. Hurt. I had to do it. That hurt. Oh, man, it's all good fun. I just had to do it since what happened uh, with, with the two teams. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, I'm glad to have you on. And actually, uh, everybody, I, I'm going to do this little favor for you. After you get done watching or listening to this, go find the Locked On College Football Rankings Recap. Jay is on there. So uh, go do that, and also go check out his other podcast, too, as well. Uh, so uh, this is not the first time uh, we record this Tuesday evening that Jay is uh, breaking down the college football rankings, but I got to leave with this. All offseason, all, all ever since last year when Ohio State lost to Michigan, all we heard about Jay was how Ohio State was going to get their revenge they had them at home. I even saw a thing what were was Ohio State actually wearing what looked like Michigan helmets almost in practice. Everything was built up. All we heard Ohio State's going to do this to Michigan. Michigan wins 45-23. Game that score can be misleading if you look at it a certain way, but I just got to ask what happened. It's easy. And when I use this word to describe what happened, you're going to say Jay how does that go with what Philip just said? You'll quickly understand. I would like to say the Buckeyes got bullied against the Wolverines of Michigan. 
it is not so much bullied physically, but they got outcoached in a way that the Ohio State coaches would not get out of their own way. And they and the Michigan coaches were two or three or four steps ahead of Ryan Day, of Jim Knowles, of Kevin Wilson, of Brian Hartline. And they got bullied mentally because a mental battle is getting out of your own way. That's not something these coaches normally do, being better prepared for the game. There's been times that this coaching staff has not properly prepared the players for the game that they're about to play. So it's not so much getting bullied physically, Phillip, as in the game, if you watched it, Ohio State's defense was doing okay at times, better than you would think. However, when you're on the field, fourth thing was like a seven-and-a-half or eight-minute drive, latter part of the third quarter into the fourth, and then shortly after that, that's when the beatdown started to happen on the scoreboard. Yeah, it's a mental battle there where they're bullying you mentally, saying, y'all can't stop us. Or if you're Ohio State's offense that is trying to get some things done but the coaches aren't calling plays to make things work, you're getting bullied mentally. So it was a mental beatdown. The body language of Ohio State was not good. Credit to the Wolverines. Don't like that school. Never liked that school. Some people say Jim Harbaugh should be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I'm a fan. He was a quarterback of them in the 90s. I say absolutely not keep Harbaugh away from Indianapolis, Indiana. Don't want him here. He's coming here this week. It's where I actually live. He's coming here, him and his team, to play in the Big Ten Championship game. I will be there, and I will tell you this. For the first time in my life, I'm rooting for the Purdue Boilermakers, and I, it makes me weird saying that. All my life, if I root for an Indiana team, it's always Indiana, never Purdue. But here is Purdue. I want them to beat down, not just mentally, but physically the Wolverines. Because of I still kind of hurt and stung off of what happened this past weekend. Ryan A didn't do a good job. Jim Knowles didn't do a good job. CJ Stroud did okay, but could not overcome things. The defense, uh, secondary, still being a liability. So many issues, which is why I really think next year is more intriguing at this point in the year than I think anybody thought it was going to be. Because this isn't one year where Ohio State got blown out by the Wolverines. This is two years in a row. Last year, Aiden Hutchinson, a Heisman Trophy finalist. This year, the Heisman Trophy candidate, Blake Corm, didn't play in that game. And the Wolverines' leading rusher still had over 200 yards on the ground. It was bad, embarrassing. And Ohio State is in a fortunate spot to still be in the playoff picture. Although on the outside right now, could be on the inside on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know, and with this game, Michigan Ohio State, it just, especially with Blake Corum being where he was health wise, and I'm watching the game, and I'll watch the game from start to finish. I mean, I, that was appointment television for me. Yeah, I'm an SEC guy. I was going to watch Ohio State Michigan because one, it, it's just a big impact on the playoff situation. And when Blake Corum, you obviously tell it was not going to be his day. He's hurt. That was not going to be a factor. And in the way Ohio State's offense did move in the first half. I was like, Michigan can't win this game because this is not a game that is where they're they're set. You know, they are a, I don't want to say a slower team, a more grinded out team, defensive team. If this is a track meet, Ohio State's got to beat. The second half, Michigan, and I'm, I'm going to say, and you can tell me if I'm talking out of turn here, they physically dominated Ohio State for the second year in a row on the line of scrimmage. And C.J. Stroud made some throws. He had some interceptions, I know, in the second half. I mean, he was trying to push through some things. It just – I don't know. And it just seemed like once Michigan got that momentum, Ohio State didn't know how to respond. 
and I'm going to ask you this question. And I, I saw, look, nobody likes Dan Wilkin. Uh, if you do, Jay, I, I'm sorry, but nobody likes Dan Wilkin. No. I think Dan Wilkin is one of those guys on Twitter that I ended up muting, didn't block him, but I ended up muting during 2020 because he was just making idiotic and stupid, stupid statements. And I still see some of his stuff when I click on it, but no, he's one of those guys in sports that I don't try to listen to or read anything that he writes. So, and I'm not getting curious to him when I say this. I, and when I say, okay, so Ryan Day, going into next year, pressure. I'm not going to say hot seat like Dan Walken did because, look, I, I don't think that that should should be the case. What is the situation if Ohio State does not get into the playoff going into next year? After this, what's the situation? Very similar to last year, last offseason, where Ryan Day had to fix some things with the coaching staff. But ultimately, I think it's more fixing things with himself. His philosophy, having more comfort with the quarterback, being able to properly prepare a team, and getting him physically ready and mentally prepared for a long, grueling season. Phillip, there was a problem that happened at Ohio State after the bye week. They are rolling, just rocking and rolling at the beginning. Yeah, 21-10 win over Notre Dame. Um, they had a game where they scored 70 points. It was either against Toledo or Arkansas State. But early in the year, you saw Daquan Finn, quarterback of Toledo. The Buckeyes had an issue with a really dynamic, athletic quarterback who can move the ball and be more of your 10 years ago dual threat quarterback. We saw a lot in high, high school and college. Well, that kind of happened. J.J. McCarthy, not the best. I only think J.J. McCarthy's an above-average quarterback. He's not a not an amazing guy, but he, he was athletic enough. He had an, a, a big enough arm to surprise Ohio State. I think it's more Ryan Day internally fixing things via his own preparation, his own coaching style, but also in recruiting. There's a fundamental problem with Ohio State. I won't say – Recruiting right now, it's heavy. You can get D-linemen. You can get – you should be able to get running backs. He's had a uh, running back decommit, and I think he committed to Florida – excuse me, Miami, I believe. Um, but outside of receiver, quarterback, occasionally O-line, some D-linemen, linebacker and secondary is lacking in the recruiting at Ohio State. Yes, Urban Meyer did a phenomenal job of recruiting. He's a great coach. Great recruiter. He's a Hall of Famer. But I think Ryan Day is learning. Offensively, he has a great mind. you got to figure out how to do some different things in the recruiting on defense as well. As good as Denzel Burke is, number 10 for the Buckeyes, he's a small cat. Hmm. And someone recently told me while watching the Egg Bowl, the cats down south look different. It's actually my girlfriend. When she was watching them play, she sent me a text because we watch Ohio State every week. There's a different look and build to those players in the southeast of the country versus those that are at Ohio State. And some of those players in Ohio State come from the southeastern portion of the country. I just don't know why there's a size and speed element that's on those players that's not on Ohio State. And I mentioned that quickly. I don't keep going. I, I talk about Phillip. So there was a, one, one of, no, I think it was Cornelius Johnson, his long touchdown run, uh, catch and run. And I noticed even in the second half when uh, uh, Dante with Donovan Edwards had his long run, a 74 or 70-plus yard touchdown run, I said, they're not running fast. Like, he, the, the Michigan guys are not like track speed, um, competing to be in the, in the Olympics. They're not that – they weren't that fast. So you're not only talking about a size that's missing. There's a speed element that's missing 
Those are two things Urban Meyer brought to Ohio State and Columbus. I think it's hard. We're finding out it's hard to sustain that with the next coach at Ohio State. So I think it's more internal issues. And Ryan Day could be on the hot seat. I think it's, it's he's getting hot. Uh, I don't think it's boiling just yet. But if if he doesn't fix things, that seat could be boiling in Columbus when he gets back to his office after every game. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll get back to high state because we're going to talk about them a little bit more in the uh, in the next topic. Uh, Wood Michigan, um, one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, when you look at what they are, third in uh, points allowed per game at twelve point seven, second in, in yards allowed in two uh, sixty two point two, and then second in Big Ten in stats. So this this Saturday they do play Purdue, heavy favorite in this game. I'm just going to throw that this here. And I know they have some offensive firepower over at Purdue. But when you look at that defense, it, it's going to be struggle. I mean, Purdue, is they're good. Okay, they're an average team. I give them that. You won your side of that conference. I told people, I said, I feel like the Big Ten championship game was won against Ohio State Michigan. That was the Big Ten championship game. I think cannot wait till we these conferences get rid of divisions and we just get the best two teams in the conference championship games like it should be. But I, I'll say that, I, I say all that to say this. Does Purdue have any chance at upsetting Michigan? Yes, they do. A small chance, but they have a chance. Jeff Brom, Purdue's head coach, offensive mind. I believe he played quarterback at Louisville back in like the early 2000s. Forgive me if I got that wrong. But he is working on a plan right now to try to crack some holes in the Michigan defense. It's possible. Highly unlikely. And also, I don't know the status. Of Blake Corum. I don't know if he's going to come back and play this weekend. Because I do think Ohio State, if they made just the slightest of adjustments, they could have overcome and even had a chance to win the game against Michigan when Ohio State did not play their best brand of football this past weekend. If you take the 70-plus yard touchdown run and the 80-plus yard touchdown run that Donovan Edwards had in the second half, maybe fourth quarter, that game is not what you see in the final score. The final So – I think there, what would that be, 14 points that come away, 31, but 31-23. That's, that's, that's a whole lot different look outlook than if you just take those long runs away. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's a chance because ultimately, without Blake Corum, this offense is no, this offense will not be what it was on, on Saturday because Ohio State just had some issues and Michigan took advantage of them. But, yeah, there's a chance. Trick play here. Kick return there, long punt return in the third quarter. There is a chance. And let me tell you, I am here for some Michigan fans to leave Lucas Oil Stadium mad and in their feelings because I will be sitting there smiling. Am I a Purdue fan? No, but I'm happy to be at a game when the Wolverines get upset by the Purdue Boilermakers. I'm here for it. Um, But, hey, we got to wait and see. But it's possible. It is possible. Hey, look, this is the same Michigan team just a week before had a last-minute field goal to beat Illinois. I mean, and no disrespect, Illinois. Brett Billum, I think, is doing a really good job up at Illinois with what he's doing. Uh, former Arkansas head coach down here, just you know, throw it out there. From, remind the SEC audience of, of Brett Billima. Uh, but now let's transition into the newest college football playoff rankings. And then this is where we're getting to some more comparing some teams and a little SEC discussion. Of course, Georgia's number one, Michigan's number two. I mean, pretty much what we expect in the top, top four. TCU coming at three, USC at number four, uh, Ohio State five, uh, Alabama six, and Tennessee seven. I'm just going to seven. That, that that's as, as far as I'm going to go 
winning their rankings. Everybody knows where you can go find them online if you want to see all 25. And I, I look at that, and it's quite interesting, Jay, because I do think TCU – I will go ahead and say this, and I know uh, I'll do my previews tomorrow with, uh, with Matt Lowe. I, Georgia should beat LSU. I'll just say that. Michigan should beat Purdue. So I'm not even going to talk about this. But TCU and USC, they are very, very susceptible to losing this weekend. Kansas State can beat them. And we know look, most TCU games are, are an instant heart attack for every TCU fan anyways at the end of the game. USC could could not stop air. I mean, that, that defense is bad. And Utah beat them. There's an opportunity for both Ohio State – and Alabama to get back in this thing. Uh, what what were your thoughts? I know you d- uh, did it earlier on Tuesday with lockdown, but just what what are your thoughts on how the rankings look right now? So, Philip, it wasn't just a live show we did with uh, locked on reacting to the rankings. I actually predicted the top six on locked on Buckeyes show on Tuesday as well. So, people that were listening and viewing locked on Buckeyes, they got that prior to the live show where I reiterated this was this is what I predicted. This is a weird spot because you mentioned TCU and USC have being a having the, the chance to both lose this weekend. A few weeks ago, even with the thought of a loss for Ohio to for Ohio State to, against Michigan, if that was a thought, I don't think anybody would have said a rematch in the playoff was going to happen this year, and I don't think anybody would have said Alabama Georgia in the playoff in Atlanta Georgia was going to happen either. But that's what we're looking at right now. We're literally looking at a scenario where it's Alabama, Georgia, and the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. We're looking at a scenario where it's Michigan, Ohio State, a rematch in the playoff over there in Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl with a chance to go to the national championship over in SoFi Stadium in L.A. That's the reality of the situation right now. I think the hot hand TCU, I don't know if their ride is over, but fill up that USC Trojan, that USC team, they could be playing up tight. And you know how Lincoln Riley, how, how he might be, he won Big 12 championships, didn't get outside. I think he got to the playoff, and I know he had a, he had a big game against Georgia in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. But was, does Lincoln Riley get uptight with his coaching? Is he a little uneasy? Does Utah play with house money, play loose, play free? They won the first game. They can do it again. How does that look ultimately? That USC-Utah game on Friday night is what I think a lot of eyeballs should be fixated on. I understand I understand high school basketball in your area. You guys still might be playing high school football late in your state tournaments. State I championship week. I get all of that. Also, find a way on your phone. There's a lot of ways to watch the, the games on your phone nowadays. Find a way to tap in the USC-Utah game on Friday night because I think that's going to be a great sign of what's to come during championship weekend on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh is for me this is a big championship week just with the uh the the Alabama okay this is dropping on Wednesday. This uh, the state championship games. The first one is on Wednesday night and we've got all day Thursday and Friday. Then I've got uh championship games on Saturday. So this is this fully in I know for college football fans of championship week for yours truly for your host Philip Jordan this is a all things championship. But you're right. And, and then look USC does look like that team that could get tight. I mean, because what what are they going to do? I mean, it, it, will Utah be in You know what's interesting with Utah? They messed up Oregon last year. They beat Oregon twice and messed their season up. 
are they going to do this two years in a row where they're going to mess another team season up and beat them twice? They beat Oregon in the regular season, beat them in uh, the championship game. They beat USC in the regular season. Will they beat them? And I'll say this. I'm disappointed in Utah. Their defense this year has not been what I thought it would be. It's not what you're used to seeing. This Jay, I will go ahead and say I predicted that the Utah was going to be a playoff team going into the year. So I will feel a little bit better about Utah. They pull this one out, but they have a chance to really be ultimate spoilers once again. They do. They do. And I'm here for it. Me I am too. here for chaos this weekend. Philip, I have not looked and actually written down how many consecutive weeks you've had teams, multiple teams in the top five lose in college football. But this past weekend, I don't have my notes on me. Uh, they might be on another note, notebook. Not going to get it. I, I can't. It's right here as I'm trying to do a little verbal tap dancing. There were four teams in the top nine that lost this past weekend. Wasn't the first time you've seen multiple in the top ten. But there's been a track record this season of multiple teams losing in the top ten week after week after week. This week, number two, Ohio, last week's rankings, number two, Ohio State, number five, LSU, number eight, Clemson, number nine, Oregon, all lost. I do see a scenario that Clemson honestly could lose again. (laughs) So comical. Uh, Clemson could lose again. But then you're looking at who in the top five loses. My first guess is USC, TCU. USC loses first and then TCU. Not just in days. That's honestly who I think has the biggest chance of losing. My gut tells me that the upsets, they're not done being – they're not over yet. And this could be a weekend where we see – Multiple teams in the top 10 lose once again. Most teams in the top 10 are not playing. Granted, you're playing number three versus number 10, so one of them is going to lose and fall out. That's expected, similar to number two versus number three last week between Michigan and Ohio State. But I do see a scenario where you can get multiple teams in the top 10 losing again. USC, I got them on upset alert. And honestly, I think K-State is probably going to be on the outside in this conversation of a team losing this weekend. Uh but football's fun, man. I went through all that. It, I love I love this game. And I, I expect chaos this weekend. So two teams that are hoping for some chaos. Ohio State and Alabama. Now, I've had so many people in the last couple of days since Saturday, since Alabama won nine ball 49-27. Can Alabama get back into the college football playoff? Uh, that seems like a very far-fetched idea. So I've been asked what needs to happen and i have to tell people the best the safest way is tcu and usc lose ohio state and alabama get in now obviously we know the rankings they put ohio state at five alabama six but i told people i said i wouldn't be shocked they put alabama ahead of just because they've already done it they did it last week when they put a two loss lsu ahead of a one loss usc not the same thing with teams but just just they've shown they they're capable of doing that so i I wonder, and it's going to be interesting. We know where they're ranked now, but we all know the last ranking is the one that matters. And we've seen them have teams jump others that didn't play before. That's another thing with with the committee. They've done some out there weird things in the past. Me and Jay are about to do a few minutes of just comparing the two. Now, the Alabama fans said, what's the Auburn fan doing defending Alabama? Just kind of how it's going to go this on here, so just get over it. Row tied. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you look at Alabama, and I, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say they should get in Ohio State, but I can say here's their argument. 
why they they should be the four team if it came down to one of those two. If only USC or TCU lost, and we got to pick between the two. Now I know Alabama's got two losses. Ohio State's got the one. But when I look at Alabama, the two losses are combined four points to a Tennessee team at the end of the game, field goal, LSU at the game, uh, two point conversion, and then. And I'll just say from the Ohio State, if you wanted to say why well, Alabama could go over Ohio State, in my opinion, the last last impression means a lot. What you did last means a lot. And the last time you saw Ohio State put, play football, it wasn't pretty. So that now that would be my argument. To put okay, well let's let's go ahead. This call this show is called Talking SEC and Alabama's from the SEC. Let's just go ahead and throw it out there because everybody expects me to say that anyways. Let's just stay on brand. But tell me, Jay, why would Ohio State deserve to be over Alabama if that scenario came up. Let's keep it simple. I like simple things. I'm a simple guy. So let's keep it simple, Philip. One team has two losses. Another team has one. Mm -hmm. They both play 12 games. Neither one of them have a shot to play a 13th right now this weekend because they're not playing in the conference championship game. One team has two losses. Another team has one. Let's just keep it there and keep it simple for everybody listening. In what world do we play our respective schedules? I understand. You might say, well, the SEC is better. Well, the Ohio State didn't lose to a team that has three losses. Now, currently three losses. Yeah, LSU. Alabama did. Ohio State lost to a team, the number two team in the country, playing for the conference championship. As much as you want to say, that when you lose holds weight, which I agree with you. With time in the year you lose, that it that means something. You also got to factor in who you lose to. Now the LSU ones is is one thing. That's just one team that they lost to. If we just go that, if that was the only loss, take that alone by itself. Ohio State, even though they got even though they got beat, and honestly. They, the final score does not show how the game was. I mean, if it was was it it was closer in the four, I think it was twenty four twenty at the mm-hmm. end of the at, at, at halftime, and you would think, oh, adjustments. Ohio State could overcome a four point deficit that did not happen. I I think who you lose who you lose to and when you lose does matter. And I say that knowing that when Ohio State won the, their last national championship, they lost to Virginia Tech in week two of that season. If that came the final week prior to conference championship week, that loss looks a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse than it does during week two. Alabama has the luxury of having their losses not be recent, but they're still losses. The win-loss record alone, look at stats. I think they all favor, a lot of them favor Ohio State. Haven't looked at them recently. Um, strength of schedule, strength of record. That's take Take that for what it's worth. But I really do think, though, the records and who you lose to, the records of the teams you lose to, all that stuff matters, which is why the committee's been high on Ohio State all year, and they're still high on Ohio State right now. Alabama needs more chaos than Ohio State to make the playoff, but it's not crazy to say two teams in the top four lose this weekend, and both Bama and Ohio State are in the playoff. And I honestly think, Philip, the playoff needs that. The playoff needs these two schools in there simply for brand recognition and to get more eyeballs and money. I am not a fan of playing these playoff games on New Year's Eve. Never have been. 
never will be. It's weird that this year, um, I believe New Year's Eve is on a Saturday, so it, I guess it's a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, than playing it on a Friday or a Thursday, whatever, it, whatever the case may be. But people are going to be out. What's the what's the best chance for you to get all eyeballs that are out at a bar or at a party to focus on football to have Alabama and Georgia and then Ohio State, Michigan in the playoff? Now, granted, the committee cannot dictate that, who's in the Final Four, but if there's chaos this weekend, that's the reality of the situation. Those could be the matchups this weekend. And on New Year's Eve, having that, my goodness, everybody's going to be watching. 17 million just watched Ohio State, Michigan Thanksgiving weekend. Could it be 17 and a half or 18 million or 19 million on New Year's Eve? It's possible. It's really possible. I think the committee wants that to uh, keep this train rolling and make all the money they can. So, uh, Jay, are you uh, familiar with professional wrestling? No, not at all. So, uh, do you know the term of a heel turn? I could heel turn. You turn the heel. That's all. That's the best I can give you. Where the good guy quickly turns on the audience and goes bad. Oh, that's what I'm about to do to Alabama because I'm about to throw something else at them. You notice I mentioned who was number seven, right? Why is Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee? Because Tennessee's got the same record. They've got two losses too. I know why it's Alabama for one. And look, all things considered here, Alabama's losses are by four points. Tennessee got beat by two touchdowns by Georgia. And they got blown out by South Carolina, and they lost their quarterback, Hendon Hooker. But still, if I'm a Tennessee fan right now, I'm saying, whoa, why is this an Alabama versus Ohio State argument? Why isn't Tennessee in there? Because Tennessee's, Tennessee's got a better resume with their wins, in my opinion, than what Alabama has. Right now, the only team that Alabama has beat that is currently in the top 25 of the college football playoff is number 24, Mississippi State. Before that, their best win was against Ole Miss. You know, and at the time, Arkansas was 20. Arkansas was a six and six football team. Tennessee's got a better resume. So I'm just saying, Alabama fans, y'all, y'all are getting a little bit of benefit of doubt because you are Alabama. But if I'm that number seven team, Tennessee, I'm thinking right now, we beat Alabama. Why aren't we number six? Why aren't we the one being compared? to a high state if it came to a two-loss SEC team versus a one-loss Big Ten team. You mentioned Tennessee. I think one thing that's helping Ohio State right now is Penn State being number eight. That too, that's because big. There is, you're splitting hairs between 10-2 and two Penn State, 10-2 and two Clemson, 10-2 and two Tennessee, 10-2 and two Alabama. I'm not saying Al- Penn State's better than Alabama. I'm not saying that. I, know, I don't believe they're better than Tennessee. But that ultimately boosts Ohio State up in the rankings. And you mentioned you said it so well. I think Tennessee could fall. I think if Hayden Hooker's healthy, they might put Tennessee above Alabama. Just it's it's a thought out there. Mm-hmm. When your core starting quarterback is it's out, the human element factor comes in, which is why I think the committee has Tennessee seven, Alabama six. Now, I think if those two teams played and Hendon Hooker was healthy, then they they are Tennessee beat him earlier, right? Yeah, uh, talking about uh, beat Alabama, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think if those two teams played again this weekend and Hendon Hooker was healthy, I think it's a, I think Alabama loses again, and it might, and it might be worse. So I, it's it's weird, man. It's a weird world we live in. I am not a – some people say this is a great year to view and look at 
expansion saying this year should be an expansion. Help me understand something. Alabama's got issues. Tennessee has issues. Why in the world do you think they should be in the conversation with Georgia or even Michigan or TCU to be in the playoffs, to have a shot to win the national championship? Now, Grant, you might say, Jay, the four is too exclusive. That's what we love about college football. you got to run the table or be one of the best of the best of the best to have a shot to win the natty. This is not a great year. It's not a great snapshot because – <laughs> we're playing with fire here, Philip. We're going to have a three-loss team win the national championship one year, and there will be an uproar. I recently looked, and I don't know how I got on expansion talk, and there was – I was like, well, didn't we have a two-loss team win the national championship? BCS national championship, LSU beat Ohio State. Uh, I, I, I forget who LSU played the week before or pre previously in the SEC championship to get to there, but I was like – Two losses just seems weird now. LSU was better than Ohio State on that day. I just forget all that season. We're playing with fire. Want to have a three-loss team with the national championship? Unheard of. But that's going to happen here soon, and I am not a fan of it. So, I mean, you're going to do something in the offseason because I'm, I'm for the expansion of the college football playoff. But uh, we're going to table that because we've already hit 32 minutes. So, uh, that'll be a good uh, conversation. My apologies. I talk a lot. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. Hey, it's a podcast. Uh, people don't have time to listen to it in one sitting. They can hit pause and come back later. That's that's a great thing uh, about this. Uh, and that LSU team, 2007, Les Miles coach team, uh, he always had the the one saying about that team. They were undefeated in regulation that year because both losses came in overtime. Triple overtime, both of them. Yeah. So they played, uh, uh, and they got lucky against Auburn. I'm just going to leave that there. No, we're going to carry on to it, the, the, <laughs> the next thing. Um now, I was always going to do this and really rapid picks. Now, I'm not going to pick these games because I'm going to do that with Matt Lope on the next episode of the show. So, real quickly, Jay, I'm going to throw these games out. I mean, just actually just give me your picks real quickly uh, on these. A Pac 12 championship game, we've already talked about it. Number 11, Utah versus number four, USC. USC is a three point favorite. Utah. I like it. Uh, Big 12, number 10, Kansas State, 9 and 3 at number three, TCU, or versus number three, TCU, 12 and 0. TCU is a two and a half point favorite. I got I got the Horn Frogs of TCU. Probably give everybody a heart attack at the end, but you know I like to pick. <laughs> uh, the SEC Championship game number fourteen LSU nine and three will be playing number one Georgia twelve and zero. This is in Atlanta for everybody who wants to know. So Georgia will have be the home unofficial home team here uh, in this one, but Georgia is a seventeen and a half point favorite. I think Georgia wins by three touchdowns. I do too. That game really took a different look uh, after. Um, Day and loss. So, uh, at the uh, American Athletic Conference, uh, the fighting Gus Malzons, uh, the UCF, uh, number 22, 9 and 3. Uh, they will be at playing Tulane. Well, yeah, they'll be at Tulane, number 18. They are 10 and 2. Uh, Tulane is a three and a half point favorite. Call me crazy. I'm right with the green wave. Tulane's going to win this one. I love Gus Malzon. I don't think UCF wins this game. And then finally, the meaningless. Uh, ACC championship game? Uh, not really. One of these teams will win a championship. I don't like that meaningless. I mean, it doesn't mean anything for the national championship pitcher, but still. Uh, number nine, Clemson at 10 and 2 versus number 23, North Carolina, 9 and 3. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite. Not a good look for Dabo. Back to back losses. North Carolina wins the ACC. Okay. I put on my Twitter a few weeks ago, I thought this was going to happen, but it's before these two decided to start losing games left and right. <laughs> so, um, uh, 
especially when North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech uh, after being up 17 nothing uh, two weeks ago. But anyways, uh, that's some rapid picks. Like I said, if you guys want to know uh, my full picks with me and Matt Lowe, uh, we'll do that on tomorrow's pod. Uh, Jay, this has been a lot of fun having you on the show. I'm sure we have not upset anybody uh, in SEC country uh, with our conversation here at all. But I always appreciate uh, you jumping on uh, the show, any show I do. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they find Locked on Buckeyes? And where can they find the Jay Stevens podcast? You can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 Philip, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. It's always fun. We can chop it up and talk ball. You can also send your emails if you want to email me. You want to have a little longer conversation about something I said. Follow me or send me, send your email to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Check out Locked on Buckeyes every Monday through Friday. It's on YouTube and on your, on your favorite podcast listening app of your choosing. Tonight on the basketball court, Ohio State goes to Duke. Last year, Ohio State upset Duke. Duke is number one in the country. Tonight, Chris Holtman leads his Buckeyes into the Cameron Indoor Stadium. Kennedy back-to-back upsets for Ohio State over Duke on the basketball court. I'll be talking about that and reacting to tonight's game. That's at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. That's on the worldwide leader ESPN. Philip, it's fun, man. I love this stuff, and uh, I want chaos this weekend in college football. I have a feeling we're going to get it. Something crazy is going to happen. Uh, but anyways, it should be fun. Uh, and I appreciate, Jay, you coming on the show once again. I uh, hope we can uh, do this again sometime uh, down the road. That, my friends, was a lot of fun. I love podcasting. I love sports. I love putting the two together. I really enjoy meeting new people in this field, and I love being a guest on other people's shows. And with that in mind, I'm going to close the show out with, with this thought. Would it be a good idea to have my own podcast feed and in that feed will be every guest appearance on a podcast that I make. Is that something that you would be interested in? Email me, jstevenspod at gmail.com. Send me a message on my DMs on Twitter at jstevens07. Tweet at me. Don't care. At jstevens07 on the Bird app. Let me know if you think that's something you would like. And when, anytime I'm on a show, I'm just going to ask them, say, hey, I have my own feed, a feed for every podcast that I'm on. And I would like this audio to be featured on that feed to help promote your show as well. Cross-promotion is great. Just a thought. If you like that idea, let me know. I might be able to get a graphic, a feed to do that very thing consistently. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, five-star review and a rating. The algorithm loves that. It's a great way and a free way to help the show grow. Spotify listeners. Five-star reviews on there as well. Thank you in advance for that. This has been episode 265 of the J. Stevens Podcast. I will see y'all next time.